Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. I don't know why it still shakes me every time this lovely gal's voice on Zoom tells us that she's yeah. recording. <laughs> That's amazing. For those of you who are joining, thank you for being here. Welcome to another episode of the Radically Loved Podcast. I am joined by a very special guest today, somebody who I've known for, a, well, known of his work for a very long time. This is the first time we're meeting, so I'm honored and excited. Uh, we have Diego Perez here, also known as Young Pueblo in the house. Okay, great. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having me, Rosie. I'm pretty excited to be having this conversation with you. I feel like I've known of you for so long, so I'm really glad we're getting to connect. Oh, I know. It's like, what has taken so long? I mean, I've just, I've been such a fan of your words. I mean, it is a true testament to the power of language for me, because that's essentially what you represent and how you get your word and your work out into the world. So I've always really been a fan of that. And um, obviously I follow you on Instagram and I'm just always moved by your wisdom and the work that you put out in the world. So I'm really excited to talk about this. And the book is called Lighter, Let Go of the Past, Connect with the Present and Expand. There's no and, I'm adding the and. Expand to the future. And it, for me, I think was definitely specifically the relationships portion of the book mm. really hit home so much. I mean, there's so much, so many highlights in there. And I really felt like maybe it was during when I was reading it. Cause I, I got an advanced copy of it perks of the job, but it really resonated with me. So I guess just to start, maybe tell our audience a little bit about you and just a little bit about your background and the inspiration behind writing this specific book. It's not your first, but definitely I would say it is my favorite so far. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so I've been writing as Young Pueblo for, I think since like 2014. And um, it's been quite a journey. You know, I started off writing poetry and short prose. And then around like 2017, I knew that I wanted to put together something that just had everything. But even at that time, I felt like I wasn't quite ready as a writer. I wanted to spend more time just honing my craft and really kind of like maturing in these ideas that I was exploring. Yeah, when Lighter came together, I felt like it was time to just put everything in a nonfiction book and have in one place, you know, like everything that I thought about self-love, about healing, about emotional maturity, about relationships, and just have it be something that that could be a source of inspiration for people that are really trying to take their personal journey of growth seriously. Yeah, I think one of the things that I find the most inspiring is 
your ability to be honest and vulnerable, right? I mean, it is such... To be a poet and a writer is, I think, one of the, the most ultimate form of vulnerability, mm. right? So I'd love to ask you about your process in writing your heart, essentially. I try to be gentle. <laughs> yeah, I try, to, I try to be gentle. It's been funny. It's been such a, like building a relationship with my own creativity has taken so long to get <sighs> it down. Because in the beginning, I thought like, oh, let me, um, you know, make sure that I write every single day and that I'm like always doing it, even if I really don't want to. And I started learning that when I force myself to be creative, what I end up producing is not, it's not very good. So I have to come like basically pay attention to myself well enough that I can align with the moments where it's like, okay, I feel it. Like I feel it right now. So let me write it and let me not really delay so, you know, there are months where I write, you know, I'll, I'll write a bunch of stuff like every day for a whole month. And then it'll be like a whole nother month where there's nothing. And I think that's, you know, that's fine. That's just how, how it works for me. And even with writing lighter, it, I think I wrote it over like an eight month process, but it was very like start, stop, start, stop. And that was okay. And, you know, over time it was all, you know, put together and it was something that I felt like I could really sort of stand on, you know, a book where because I wanted to make a book that was evergreen in the sense that like, you know, whether it's now or whether it's 10 years from now, I'm like, okay, yes, this is like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I put that together in that way. Yeah. Did you write this during the Pandy? Oh, yeah. That that and Clarity and Connection, the one that I wrote before, they're both both pandemic babies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if the I didn't know if that was written before. No. So Clarity and Connection, like that was very, very beginning of the pandemic. And so this one, like that, that book focuses more on relationships. And that really kind of came from my wife and I just figuring out like how we were going to exist together in a harmonious manner, you know, in our one bedroom apartment in New York City. <laughs> so we'll we'll definitely add that to the show notes so people can check that out as well. I, you know, there's so much in the world of relating to others and relationships that we have in our own ecosystem and the way in which we learn about them and we learn about ourselves and, you know, different moments where we can take repetitive lessons and actually make change in our, in our lives. I'm curious for you how that was different. That relationships book was different than the relationship portion of lighter. Oh, that's a, that's a great point. Cause in Clarity and Connection, right? Like that book was still me sort of quietly hiding, not not hiding, but just like quietly sitting behind the name Young Pueblo. Whereas like in the relationships portion of Lighter, I had to just like tell my story and I had to talk a lot about, you know, my favorite person in the world, my wife, and um, talk about how we met, how we came together and how it was just like a mess, you know, the first few years that we were together and really, you know, just kind of connect these sort of lessons that I talk about, these like um, ideas and points of reflection that that I'm hoping people kind of bring into their relationship. Mm -hmm. I talk about where they come from and it comes from like literally the lived experience of us trying to figure out how to build harmony, not just within ourselves as individuals, but within this relationship that we're both taking care of. Yeah, 
there I want to read my the one that just it landed when I read this in the relationships portion. It's page 147 and it says, we allow ourselves to love because it's worth the risk. Even though there is the chance of loss or hurt, we take the leap again and again because love is one of the best parts of being alive. We don't do it because it's easy. We do it because connection makes everything brighter. Yeah, thank you. I remember writing that poem and was just like, because so that's one one thing that I wanted to do with Lighter was I know that, um, you know, people have known me as a poet and as a prose writer. So I wanted to make sure to add some, like a few short pieces. I think about like 14 of them I added in there to just kind of, you know, keep that sort of similar tone so that the book wouldn't seem so different to my previous readers. But then at the same time, like it's a full nonfiction book. So like you're going to get a lot more than what you would normally get in the first two books. Yeah, you give us the juice. You give us the goods. Yeah. <laughs> you give us the the secret sauce. If you don't mind sharing a little bit with the audience, where Young Pueblo came from, like where did the idea come from or what was happening inside you that decided this mm-hmm. is this is how I want to bring my work into the world? Yeah, thank you. So Young Pueblo, I mean, it literally, it emerges from, emerges from my Ecuadorianness. So I was born in Ecuador, in Guayaquil, and I came to the United States when I was about four years old. So I uh, really, you know, grew up American. I'm like and, Latino uh, gang. Sorry, I just had yeah, to go on. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, Young Pueblo is literally the sort of like the combination of my Americanness and my Ecuadorianness, and like Pueblo is just the word in my, I mean, it's used all over Latin America in a lot of different ways, but in my country, it's, um, refers to like the masses of people. And when I started meditating, like this name, like at first it was just a name that I liked, but it took on new meaning when I started meditating and I started seeing how immature I was and mm-hmm. how, how much growing up I had to do. And I've always loved history and I've, you know, been studying it my whole life. And um, I started seeing that humanity as a whole is also really immature. Like we have a lot of growing up to do. And what really clicked was, you know, when we go to kindergarten, like that's really the um, that moment where the deep socialization starts happening and our teachers try to teach us the most basic things. You know, even before we like start learning how to count and read, they want us to learn how to how to share, how to like, be kind to one another, how to tell the truth and how to not hit each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And these are like fundamentals, but we don't know how to do those fundamentals collectively. Like as a human society, like, you know, talking about the billions of us. So we, to me, like until we get those right, we're not really yet fully mature. So I think this, this century in particular, it feels like this like massive opportunity for growth as individuals and collectively and to me, when I started writing, I was like, oh, I, I want to write within this context, like within this context of Young Pueblo, like as all of us are here maturing. Yeah, oh, that lands and I love it. And I think it's so true. Hey, everyone, it's Rosie. It's hard to overstate how important magnesium is for all aspects of our health. Everyone now talks about how critical magnesium is for us. Dr. Hyman, Andrew Huberman, and all of the health industry authorities and doctors. There is a long list of symptoms and diseases that can be eased or even treated with magnesium. In fact, way back, magnesium was a critical element. Doctors use magnesium for all kinds of conditions, from arrhythmia to constipation to preeclampsia and even seizures. 
For some reason, now doctors use it as a last resort and put patients on high doses of magnesium if they're at risk of premature labor, seizure, or other various conditions. Now, I'm normally a big advocate of getting as many of our nutrients as we can from a well-balanced diet, and it would be just perfect if we could all do that. But getting the amount of magnesium that you need just from food is a lot of work. And it could also be extremely taxing for our agricultural system. I read somewhere that if 10 years ago we needed to eat one orange, now we would need to eat 10 to get the same amount of nutrients. It is just simply impossible to eat the amount of food to get the minerals that we need. Fortunately, Bioptimizers has the solution. Their magnesium breakthrough supplement is the only product in the market with all seven types of magnesium. And it's specifically formulated to reach every tissue in your body to provide maximum health benefits. Bioptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough gives you access to the full spectrum of magnesium, which can dramatically improve your overall health from reducing stress to improving sleep and boosting your energy levels. Right now, you can try Bioptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough and any other Bioptimizer product for 10% off. Just go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash radically loved. That's M A G B R E A. K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com forward slash radically loved and use the code radically loved 10 to boost your intake of magnesium and start feeling better today. Don't wait to be deficient. Start taking the best magnesium and improve your well-being right now. Just go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash radically loved. I'm curious for you in your writing process, if there was a portion or a chapter or a part of the book that was harder to write than the rest, and if there was an easier portion to write than the rest with regard to your writing process. Yeah, that's funny. So I think the the chapters on self-love, healing, letting go, those were very smooth to write because I have been like talking about those for a number of years and, you know, not just like in my books, but in interviews and all of that. So these are like ideas that have crystallized over time, have gotten mature. But then the last part of the book, the last two chapters, I was really, you know, I was like sort of psyching myself up and just telling myself, okay, like tell the, you know, let people know, like let people know why, like what's the point of all of this? And the the point is really to connect the bridge between personal healing and global transformation to note that you know, there have always been people who've been trying to change the world for the better, but now we have this healing generation that's emerging. And that's really been the missing piece is that when people gain power, like power functions like a magnet and it pulls out the roughest, ugliest parts of our ego. And because we're now able to heal ourselves and we have so much more accessibility in regards to healing, that actually helps us better handle these big transitions or better handle any sort of power, if there is power, you know, that comes to us. I think I had to really just like gather my courage to tell the truth about like, you know, what I thought about like global structures and like, you know, mentioning capitalism, mentioning communism, mentioning like all these things that are, I think a lot of like personal development writers don't really touch, but I was like, you know, like I've been thinking about these things for a long time and I feel like we need to respect that we are a collective while maintaining the freedom of the individual. And I just had to say it. 
Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm glad that you did because I feel like, especially in the world of self-development or mm -hmm. spirituality or, or however you want to frame it, we do tend to veer on the side of positivity and the silver lining and let's focus on the good. And I've always been a fan of, no, let's shine the light into the dark spaces. You know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, the world kind of sucks sometimes. And I think we need to live there a little bit and really see the ugliness that is there. You know, I think that for me, that's what has really fueled my life's work, you know, growing up in East LA during the LA riots mm -hmm. in a gang filled mm -hmm. environment. Like I got to see all of those sides. Right. And then as I became a, a teacher and I, you know, my intention was I want to bring mindfulness and meditation to, you know, like my people, like my homies, like the people that really need to do this work so that they can thrive in their lives, you know, because I feel like everybody has that opportunity and ability within themselves, right? So I think when we're not talking about the ugly parts and yes. we're just focusing, right, that I think is the ultimate I guess what people would say in our world is spiritual bypass, right? Mm -hmm. We're just like mm -hmm. not focusing on the parts that rub up against that edge that makes us uncomfortable that we don't want to see, right? It's like seeing a homeless person on the side of the road. You know, you don't really want to look at them because it makes you feel some type of way, right? Or it's the example, you know, like for Tori and I, we're driving and, you know, we see a stray dog. It's like you might be on your way to work or on your way to an important appointment that you can't miss. And you think, oh, somebody else will pull over. Somebody else will do it. And what if you're that somebody else? Right. Yeah. And for you, it's like, I love the fact that you mentioned that because to me, I'm like, oh, you're that leader in our space that can do this, that can bring this to light, that can have these conversations. And in a sense, the way you do it too, is like, you're opening up a dialogue. It's not like you're saying, you know, I yeah, mean, you're right. stating the way things are, but I think it's more important for us to be able to have a dialogue, to see and understand the dynamics that are in a way taking our power and how we can reestablish ourselves. So this is actually was one of the questions that I had was what advice or what would you suggest for people out here in our space specifically that feel like they don't have power or they don't want to ruffle feathers or they don't want to have the hard, they don't want to create content having difficult topics come up. What would you say to them? Ah, uh, that's tough. You know, um, I think in a lot of ways it's, it's, it really boils down to what you said, where like, if we're really trying to fully accept ourselves, then we have to accept the darkest parts. And a lot of those parts are heavily influenced by what society has encoded inside of us. So like, I always go back to this quote by Jiddu Krishnamurti. He says that um, the inner creates the outer and the outer molds the inner. And that's the part that we're often forgetting is the outer molds the inner. So I think like, I think we need to take it as, as an opportunity, right? Like, like political language is often very divisive. Like mm -hmm. it's sort of, it's, it sets off triggers and people yeah. immediately, immediately pick sides. But I remember I talked to someone once where we were talking about um, like leftist politics and whatnot. And and um, like in uh, in like Marxism, there's this thing called dialectical materialism that tries to explain the world. And and I was talking to my friend and I was like, you know what? I was like, people will understand compassion before they understand dialectical materialism. 
So I think for a lot of us, like it's really important to understand politics, but when we want to talk about how we change the world, often we come to it from a space of like talking about it through emotions. Yeah. And the reality is that like emotions are just much easier to understand. And that's why I wrote in the book about building a structural compassion and trying to just set the stage for people to reflect on what is like a compassionate structure even look like? How can I imagine this? Right. Because ultimately like whether you see yourself on the right or the left, like there are immense commonalities. Like you want to be safe. I want to be safe. You want good schools for your kids. I want good schools for my kids. Like you want good healthcare. I want good, you know, so it's like, but then people still find these ways to divide. But I feel like a lot of us on this, in this like self-help space, we should try to have these conversations, but using our equanimity, using our compassion, using our peace and trying to be more imaginative about how we have these conversations so that there's more potentials for these commonalities to arise as opposed to pointing fingers, blaming, and just creating more divisiveness. So I think we should keep trying. When it comes to saving the planet, there is no neutrality. If you keep your money in most standard bank accounts, they're lending your deposits out to fund oil and coal. You can switch to the planet side and get aspiration. Aspiration is a climate-friendly alternative to big banks. Get an account and debit card that's built to help your wallet and the planet. Moving just $1,000 to an Aspiration Plus account has the same impact as driving 6,000 miles less. Plus, you can earn up to 71 times as much interest than your good old bank. And here's the best part. Aspiration's been hard at work helping people align their money with their values, funding the planting of over 100 million trees on their way to funding the planting of 1 billion by 2030. It's no wonder why Forbes, NerdWallet, and The Penny Hoarder recommend Aspiration for the eco-conscious. For me personally, I feel good having an Aspiration account because I want to be part of fighting climate change. So make your dollars make a difference. Open an Aspiration account at aspiration.com forward slash loved debit and move your money out of fossil fuels. You can help save the planet with your Aspiration debit card. Open your account at aspiration.com forward slash loved debit today. Aspiration.com forward slash loved debit. Terms and conditions apply. I'm with you 100%, especially the part of approaching it from a place of compassion, because I feel like even in the last two years, we've just lost so much of that equanimity, that Mm -hmm. desire for an equal playing field. We're just so instinctively triggered by certain words, certain visuals. I mean, now it's, it's just a simple, you know, it might be something like, somebody putting an American flag on their profile, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's this signaling that we're getting that creates a certain type of response. And what I would say too, is to ask yourself what those are for you, right? What are those instinctual aversions that you're seeing? Totally. Right. Because I, I can say I'm with you, you know, I'm like, yep, this is everything Diego's saying. Like you're speaking to my soul. I'm into it. Be open. But I also have those triggers, right? I also have those instinctual spiky reactions 
when I see certain things, but then I have to breathe and remember, oh, this is a person and we have more in common as humans than we do have, we have more in common than we don't. And so I think we are now, and I don't know if whether it's just, we're so much more exposed to everybody's life than we were before. I remember before, back in the day, (laughs) back (laughs) in the day before Facebook, before MySpace, you know, I'm dating myself, Mm -hmm. whatever, but you know, people could have difference of opinions and, you know, different belief systems. And we could still sit at a dinner table and have great time, great conversation and learn different things, be open to different perspectives. But it just seems like now with the rise of social media and and us showing all the parts of our lives, there Mm -hmm. is no longer that ability to in a way, some people would say, oh, you're no longer hiding. Like, this is who you really are. But also, oh, this is who you really are, right? There's the difference in this portrayal of your beliefs and who you are, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on social media as a whole. But I really do think that we need to just sort of break away from all of our inner internalized prejudices that we have with certain imagery, even if we can start there, I think that would be helpful. But I'm I'm curious your thoughts. It's funny because you're making me think about my dad, right? Like my dad, he like loves the United States and, and I, and I understand why, you know, like I also love it. It's like, there are a lot of complexities, like you can love something and also want something to change. Can I ask a quick question? Do you think that this is across the board for a lot of immigrant families? I'm curious. I think so, because like, you know, like I came here when I was four, but my mom and dad, they were 30. So they like saw the hardships, like they saw the like the repeated coups that would happen and like these like moments of chaos that would arise in Ecuador. Like my mom was like, oh, this happens like every like seven years you know, like, like just utter chaos. And, and it was, it's funny how they got so used to that lack of stability, but they were like, we need to get out of here because we have our kids and we need to give them stability. And, and it's um, interesting thinking about like the relationship my dad has with the American flag, which is like a beautiful one. Like he like really, he likes it. Like he likes having like a t-shirt with an American flag on or a hat or something, because he just like knows that this place was the right choice for us. And he's grateful, like, even though it's been hard, like it was hard for us because we grew up super poor and we were like in this poverty trap, but he knew ultimately like that, that it was worth the risk and that it wasn't like a guaranteed thing. Like it was going to be risky coming here, but it ended up working out for us. And, and like, I respect him liking the flag, you know, like I, and it, but, but he doesn't like it in a way where it's like some like conservative, like, you know, right wing type thing. Like that's not what he's doing. He's like totally on the left, actually. I just feel like people's relationships with imagery can be very complex and we shouldn't look at it in a simplistic manner and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, if you like the flag, you're this and that and that. But I just think people are so incredibly complex and with whatever situation you have to realize that there are multiple causes going into that particular effect. And I think with social media... I love that you're calling it an effect because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think with social media, I feel like I'm quite cautious with it, right? Like I'm I'm on it and I share a lot of what I write, but I realized early on 
I was like, okay, I can't be like, cause I saw there was a time and it's kind of, it's slowed down a little bit, but there was a time I think in like 2018 where there were just a lot of people who would show every single part of their lives. They were like constantly documenting everything, like running from one meeting to another, like, like I'm eating this right now and I'm doing that. And it's like, you would just see story after story of like everything they did. And I was like, okay, I need to do the exact opposite of that. Like <laughs> I need to, I need to just like give you, cause like when I write and the stuff that I put out there, what I'm giving you is maybe like 10% of myself, right? Like these are things that I'm thinking about, things I really care about, but like, you don't know what I'm eating. You don't know what I'm watching on TV. Like, and I think that's actually good for me and for you that there's like this little bit of space where we can like have our, our private lives. Yeah. Oh, that resonates with me so much because I, I mo- I'm like, I try to model my social media presence, like somebody like you that I could tell you're very methodical. Mm-hmm. You're very, there is some parameters. There's some boundaries, actually. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. There are some boundaries. And I love that because you know, I had so many people at first telling me, oh, you have to do this and you have to do this. You have to be consistent. You have to do, 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 do. And I'm just like, I, number one, don't care that much. <laughs> number two, I don't necessarily, some of these moments are private and I don't need to be sharing my whole life story with everyone all the time. And three, this is a lot of work. It's yes. a lot of work. I mean, I have now found a, a good balance. And typically now I have big um, hiatuses, like mm-hmm. the summer I take off, meaning I don't post all summer. I'm, you know, living my life. I live in Southern California. I go see my family. You know, I, I try to just, disc- I mean, I'm still on in the sense of, you know, answering messages and, and this kind of thing, but I'm not posting anything. You know, right. it's just like, <laughs> I don't have any content to create for everybody. And, and I don't know, some people might have an opinion of, oh, that's not the way that you run a business or a platform. And to me, I'm like, my happiness is more important than what people think or perceive, you know, on the outside. And I do this podcast weekly, like even then we take a little bit of time off in the summer, but I feel like this is an opportunity for me to long form something that I'm going through or feeling rather than 140 characters of me Mm -hmm. trying to express something that is very nuanced, especially in a world where we're not able to have full dialogue with people. Hey friends, I have to tell you about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without leaving your house. You can add a gallery wall to your home office or send an easy foolproof gift, especially for all of those weddings you have coming up. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. Using the service is pretty easy. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail your physical pieces. You can preview all of your items online and there's dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts you can choose from. You can get recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door and will be ready for you to hang. And instead of the hundreds you'll pay at a framing store, which I've been to, and sometimes they are ridiculously priced. 
Their prices start at $39 and all the shipping is free. Plus, all of my listeners will get 15% off of their first order. All you have to do is go to framebridge.com and use the code LOVED. I hope my in-laws aren't listening to this, but they recently had their 50th wedding anniversary and I framed one of their pictures and I can't wait for them to see it. So you can get started today, frame your photos and send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use the promo code LOVED to save an additional 15% off your first order. That's framebridge.com. Use the promo code LOVED at checkout. So those are my feelings. Sometimes I do feel guilty for not posting enough or not. And in fact, I wrote about that at the beginning of my book. I wrote my first book this year. Okay, Um, congratulations. Thank you. Um, It's called You're Radically Loved, A Healing Journey to Self-Love. And, you know, I, I basically, I talk about my my journey Mm -hmm. into the world of, of self-love and and healing, you know, my sort of experience growing up in a, you know, gang environment, child of two immigrant parents who my dad also loves the U S so much. And he really, (laughs) it's still, that's why I can totally relate. I'm like, Oh, that's literally, you know, Um, and my dad, you know, grew up in Mexico and for him, the two career options were, you know, either te vas al cartel or Mm -hmm. entras a la política corrupta, you know? So it's like, you're either, you go into the drug business or you join corrupt politics. Those were his, mm-hmm. his words, you know, so he felt that coming here was a better life for us. And it's absolutely has been fruitful for my sisters and, and I, but sort of the, the beginning of the book, I don't want to deviate. I talk about my relationship with this, my inability to just not live or operate from the state of fear, right? Even yeah. in me telling you like, oh, I'm not posting enough. There is a little bit of charge in that because I do feel some sense of I'm missing out or I'm missing an opportunity or maybe I need to be doing, I need or I have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right, it takes you out of the experience of your life. So the beginning, the experience I give is I'm sitting out in my backyard, like there's this, I've got an orange tree and I've got a nice, I've got a pool and I'm out here with my dogs. And literally like the day is, the birds are singing, the sun is shining. And then I go into the space of, oh God, I'm not posting enough. And I'm looking at the cracks on the concrete and I'm like, oh, when's the next earthquake going to happen? You know, it's just, Mm -hmm, you go into mm -hmm. that negative spin and sort of are, you know, sometimes mind goes into that frenetic state of not being in the present moment and taking yourself. And this is why I want to relate it back to to your book, right? Like just you're either dwelling on the past or projecting into the future. You're not allowing yourself to be where you are. So I'm curious for you, if if that happens to you, how you navigate that, or are you able to just really bring yourself back to that space and having those strict boundaries with regard to social media. Yeah, I love that you take time off because I feel sometimes feel like I'm the only one too. So I, throughout the year, I'll like each, each year, I'll go away for a long meditation course, which is either like 30 days or 45 days. And, um, and I'll be totally offline, like total, like I won't, you know, you can't email me, you can't, you can't text me. Like, I don't even have my phone, you know, like, it's like when you go to the retreat, yeah. it's the first thing they take from you is your phone and they put it in a bag and you get it at the end. 
(laughs) (laughs) totally. (laughs) And it's my favorite thing. I'm just like, oh, like, please take my phone. But it's the best. And I do, you know, like I I do set things up beforehand. So like um, posts are, you know, I still post once a day and it'll it'll happen um, like automatically. But it's not me. It's not me doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. And um, like while I'm at the retreat, when I'm back, when I'm back home, like I run my own account, but it's some of the best time. But I also have those similar things come up, which is like, oh, what am I missing? Or like what opportunity could have come up in my email that like I wasn't there for. But then ultimately, like me doing what's best for my personal growth is like way, way more important than what I could have, you know, what small thing I could have gained if I was like out in the world like everybody else. Cause those moments, those moments feel like critically, critically important. And like to this day, every time a new year comes, what I do first is plan out my meditation schedule so that, and then after that, I plan out like my work or like events or whatnot, because I don't know, my personal growth, like it has to come first. And, and that just makes being in the present moment way more possible. Cause if I'm like just doing all these, these things and then not like cultivating my inner world, then everything just falls apart. Oh, thank you so much. I want to be respectful of your time. So I do have one final question to ask sure. you. And I had this whole list and I only asked you two of these. So we're going to have to do this again. Where can people go for more information or to connect with you? Oh, you can either check me out on Instagram. You can follow Young Pueblo, Y-U-N-G underscore P-U-E-B-L-O. Or you can also check out my Substack, which is youngpueblo.substack.com. And I'm really, I've really been enjoying spending my time there. It's like a writer platform and I write like new longer pieces there, but either place or you can check out my new book, Lighter, that's in bookstores everywhere. Yes, the book is called Lighter. And for those of you listening to the podcast, you know how we do when we have one of our favorite authors on the show, we're going to give away 10 copies of the book. So the first people to tag us on Instagram or Twitter, Facebook, wherever, tag both myself and Young Pueblo, which the handles will be on the show notes, and you will get a copy of the book for free from the Radically Loved Podcast. So before I ask you this question, uh, I want to let you know that I, as just a fellow teacher in this space, am so, so grateful for your words and your work. It truly is inspiring. And I really love to see your journey and, and to read more about you and your relationships and it was really just such a nice experience and beautifully written. And obviously I know what it takes to write a book and you've done it now again. And (laughs) I'm just in awe because I know how much work it is to just write a book in general. So thank you so much for doing what you do. You are impacting so many people and you've definitely impacted me. So I just want to thank you for that. That being said, the final question is I started this podcast because I wanted to give people a place to go to whenever they're needing some inspiration or they're wanting to just feel supported. And the whole idea is that we are radically loved by God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding that the world works for us and not against us. Mm -hmm. So the final question for you is, how do you feel radically loved? Oh, that's a great question. Um, 
I feel radically loved when I have my attention turned inward and I'm okay with whatever's there. I think in those moments when I can just truly just accept whatever I'm observing, there is so much peace. And without that acceptance, it just would not be possible. And it's that acceptance that makes letting go happen. But being able to see myself without without any judgment or any valuation, it's just like, that's just what's there. And then I feel radically loved. Thank you so much, Diego. It's so nice to officially meet you. I hope you come back and see us again. Thank you so much for your words and your work. Thank you all so much for listening. For those of you that are new here, welcome. Please feel free and help us by sharing this with a friend or someone who you think would find great value in this conversation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back next week. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast, and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.